Welcome to the Unblocking Crypto Podcast. This podcast is not financial advice. It's meant for entertainment purposes only. These are just the opinions of a couple of rambling wrecks. Welcome back to episode number 53 of Unblocking Crypto. Another week with a lot of interesting news tidbits. So starting off, I feel like everything is always going to be revolving around FTX lately. And for the next couple of years, <laughs> there's always going to be some sort of new news about FTX. So let's talk about FTX and Almeida suing Voyager. Have you heard much about this, Hal? Uh, no, I think I'm suffering from like FTX fatigue. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just kind of tired of it. So I'll let you uh, I'll let you take the lead. I'll let you know what I think. Yeah. So uh, FTX repaid Voyager $446 million on a loan that they owed Voyager. And then they declared bankruptcy less than 90 days after that. So they think they should get all that money back because they declared bankruptcy so soon so that they could use those assets to pay off some of their creditors. So in the meantime, Voyager has turned around and subpoenaed SBF and a few other execs within FTX and Almeida to try to get a better understanding of why they're doing this and it's going to be an interesting conversation, I think, between the two companies and who wins out. It's uh, kind of crazy. It's like uh, crooks stealing from crooks, trying to get people to say, hey, you are you are more crooked than them, so you have to pay them back. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with it, but it is, it's always something with, with FTX in the news and, and even SBF. He had that $250 million bail, which I think he's now living with his parents. They were trying to keep the guarantors of that bail private and partially because he said his parents are getting calls and death threats from everything that he has done. He still said that he's done nothing wrong, yet there's a handful of other execs in FTX and Almeida that have are pleading guilty to fraud. <laughs> so, But SPF had nothing to do with it, apparently. So a judge did say that there... It is going to be released at some point that who those people are and who, who guaranteed that. So it'll be interesting to see when that happens. Yeah, he seems like a year ago, he's the smartest guy in, in the industry and he's leading the charge and everything else. And ever since he got busted, he's like, oh, I'm just I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know. I didn't know I couldn't do that. I didn't know that was wrong. Don't leave my parents alone. We're private citizens. I'm like, wait, man, you just you had a Super Bowl commercial. You had Tom Brady. Like you put yourself in front of everybody while knowingly stealing all of their money. How do you think this is going to end up? Yeah. Yeah, you're meeting with the president. You're meeting with the SEC chair. You're doing presentations at the World Economic Forum, right? And you don't know what's going on in your company? Yeah. <laughs> so, no, yeah, I just, like I said, I'm kind of I'm kind of over following the drama. I'm like, just, you know, wake me up when he gets a sentence. Yeah, well... <laughs> I guess the question is, how long will that take? Mm -hmm. Oh, long time. Well, the UK like, has as much money as he as much money as he donated to uh, political parties. I think it'll take a long time. Yeah, I think everybody's scared about what else he has on them as well. The UK had some interesting news too. They published some crypto framework which talked about things like the algorithmic stablecoins and even NFTs and ICOs. So it's exciting to see that countries are moving forward or larger countries i think there's been some smaller countries that have done things like this in the past but the the uk is a, a pretty large or influential country to come out with something like this so there's still a lot left to to, to really come out and and the details to kind of go through i'd say it's somewhat similar to what the u.s 
kind of talked about or has done some research on, but the U.S. hasn't really put in any sort of insights into what to do with all of this moving forward. Yeah, so it's good to hear stuff from the U.K., from like countries that are developed and rely on like, I mean, U.K. doesn't, they don't manufacture, they, you know, they're like a, a banking and information economy. That sort of leading the way is, is uh, I think that's pretty promising. Um, countries that like need Bitcoin, like the Nigerias and El Salvador's and things like that, like that's great. I think that I think that's one of the reasons why people don't adopt Bitcoin very quickly in developed countries is because the currency works for them, the banking systems work for them, you know, everything's easy, they don't have huge problems. But like you your countries like Nigeria and Venezuela, Turkey, uh the people are like just scrambling to find a place to to store value because their currency falls apart or they don't have a government they can trust. So um, yeah, I feel like anytime you get news out of, out of the developed countries that's that's pro Bitcoin or uh, pro crypto, that's a good thing. I, it's funny you say a government they can trust. I, I'm wondering <laughs> who out there has a government they can trust. I was in the Bahamas recently and I was talking to some of the, the people down there and I was like, so what's, how is the government down here? You guys trust them? They're like, oh, no, not not one bit. It's it's the most corrupt thing ever. And I'm like, man, what what country does have a good government out there? It's it's hard to find these days. Yeah, that's that's a super misleading thing for me to say, considering my opinions towards how we, how this country's run. But uh, but yeah, I would say maybe maybe just uh, like an illusion of stability in your country is uh, is helpful. <laughs> So speaking of governments, I, you know, we're somewhat talking about the SEC and maybe an attack on staking. You want to explain? Yeah. Some so, of that? so Brian Armstrong, it's kind of like uh, leaked a little news from what I'm what I'm gathering, um, kind of indicating that the SEC is looking to crack down or investigate um, the Coinbase Earn program, which is you know uh, stake your crypto here. And, you know, every on some regular basis, you uh, receive more crypto uh, based on your, you know, your staking. So you put in it's just a percentage of what you have there. Um, so when you're talking about staking, the more crypto that you possess, uh, you earn a percentage of that. So then you have more crypto. And then if you want to have voting rights and things like that, that that you can you can get to that level, I guess. For most people, you know, like ah, well, you know, I want to buy some uh, some polka dot and and put it on a uh, an exchange, and then twice a week I get basically like a dividend that adds to my polka dot uh, fund, and then it just continues to compound. Well, the SECs sounds like they're viewing that as uh, like a an unregulated security activity. Um, because you're you're trying to make money off of the efforts of others, uh, which is a kind of a trigger for defining a security. Brian Armstrong mentioned it. I read something about Kraken uh, kind of getting the same kind of uh, kind of vibes coming their way for their staking platform. So, you know, if you if the SEC says, all right, staking uh, is not no longer allowed or it's going to be regulated in, in these crypto companies, aren't prepared to follow the regulations. I'd be curious to see what happens because basically everything is revolves around staking outside of Bitcoin, Litecoin, and a couple others. So that would that would change 
basically everything because staking has kind of taken the place of mining because a lot of people think of the electricity consumption. I'm not sure that you could go back to mining if you've gone from mining to staking because then that, you know that's a fundamental problem you have of, of your environmental ideology and, and your, your thoughts on power consumption. Yeah, it's not just a simple switch you flip back and forth. I mean, it's years of effort to do one to the other, right? So yeah, man. and then then people that were mining, you know, they moved on to other things, and they're not going to be quick to jump back and invest in equipment and putting all that together again. Just so you, two years from now you can switch back to staking. Mm -hmm. So you know, it, this is kind of the part of the the game that everybody's talked about is the concern about what you know government regulation is going to look like and what you know, it has a lot of uncertainty. You know, if you had a big uh, Ethereum position here, and this, this, I feel like this would be something that would be kind of an attack vector on uh, on some of the the larger crypto uh, tokens. But, but I mean, if 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 they just like Coinbase, if you're Coinbase, you know, they they had a lend program a few years ago, and the SEC put pressure on them to stop it, so they pulled it. Like. The Coinbase Coinbase seems like they play the game. It seems like they're in it for the long term. They're going to work with regulators to you know provide that service. They're a public company, so they're they're you know they're pretty transparent about everything because they have to be, and you know they're playing by the rules. Definitely like a bellwether company to watch when it comes to how things are going to roll out. Um, and if anybody's going to have a chance of fighting this stuff, it would be them just because they have the resources to do it so I, that's it's something to watch didn't brian armstrong come from financial government of some sort that rings a bell i, I, I have it's been a while since i kind of read yeah. too much on him but but yeah that it seems like he's it, it doesn't i don't remember him being like a uh uh a tech startup silicon valley guy that just kind of rolled into crypto and then rolled into coinbase i think he came from kind of traditional stuff yeah, so he's kind of aware of the process and what it, how it works. So he's positioning Coinbase to keep the regulators somewhat happy and still theoretically make a profit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and you know, Coinbase's stock price is just is getting smashed. Uh, a lot of talk, a lot of tech stuff did in this like COVID boom and bust cycle. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's not a good time to fight. Uh, the SEC when you're a publicly traded company and your stock is priced down and your resources are down and you're, you know, you're just, this probably about the right time for the SEC to put some pressure on them. Yeah. So speaking of bear market and stocks or companies struggling, there's the CloudCoin, the crypto ATM company that I think was the largest in the world has just filed for bankruptcy due to connections to DCG and owing some some large amounts of fines what's crazy is i mean i think they have like forty thousand atms worldwide right which seems like a lot but when you compare that to just the regular financial atms it's like 3.2 million or something or, or even higher than that whatever it is uh so while they are struggling a lot of the other crypto companies or crypto atm companies are not so there's even been some acquisitions on some of the other side and they have not said anything yet where they're having any problems. But I think the last, the second half of 2022 apparently hurt them really bad with just the, the volume going down. So 
it sucks, but it's going to get rid of the companies that weren't doing things properly and allow for other companies to come in and probably get these machines at very low prices and continue to grow out the network. Yeah, yeah. Anytime a company actually has assets like equipment that is, you know, another company, a, com- a competitor can buy them up. It's not like those those machines are going to disappear. They're going to get turned into a different company's ATMs and and roll on. But it's just it's like the dominoes keep falling from from all of these uh, three arrows capital FTX DCG like it, it's not as as uh, influential for for the market. But it's it's like man, okay, more more bad news. Like just keeps rolling in. Some good news, though, I know we in somewhat related to that Celsius announced that they were going to pay back some of their customers, like 94 percent of the crypto that they had in their accounts. Now, they keep saying they've been they're going to notify people here very shortly. I have yet to be notified, so I'm not really sure who they're paying back 94 percent. I would love to get 94 percent back. <laughs> I have a feeling it has something to do if you had some sort of stable coin in there that maybe you're getting that back. But um, I mean, yes, it's exciting to hear that they're going to pay people back, but there's still a lot of questions to, that are unanswered on the rest of the assets and when people are going to start getting those. Yeah, I uh, I pulled almost everything I had on BlockFi off, but I did have some stuff left on there. And so I'm like just waiting to see how that turns out. Like that's it's not a huge deal for me, luckily, but, you know, it's not zero. So yeah. I wouldn't mind getting some of that stuff back. Well, BlockFi's proof of claims deadline just came out, I think, for the end of March. So for most people that do have things on there, they'll probably send you an automated email saying, here's what we have as your claims. If you believe it's something different, please let us know by the 31st of March. And then at that point, they'll start the process of trying to figure out how to get assets and turn them into things that they can share with the the people that had money there. So, and it's, it's going to be a pain in the butt. I, I, I did get an email from uh, Binance that all the Voyager stuff seems to be moving forward and that I can get all my tax information off of the Binance app for Voyager. So it's exciting to see that's happening. But I mean, the tax information isn't nearly as important as actually getting some of the assets. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing better than paying capital gains taxes on assets that you can't get to. Yeah, that's the crazy part for me, but that's a whole other issue. Yeah, yeah. A couple of things for me, like my daughter wanted to get donuts uh, on Saturday morning, and so I go, you know, take her. We go get donuts, and uh, I I noticed the point of sale services Clover, and we talked about last week. Uh, you know, Strike and Clover have that relationship where they're going to start using the Lightning Network on Clover. So I'm like, man, like. This is like small town Georgia. I'm like, maybe pretty cool to buy donuts with Bitcoin in a couple of months. <laughs> yeah, and I um, wish they would just approve that. But everything under a few hundred dollars would be no taxes to worry about, too. Man, they, if they're going to do anything, to, that's that's just such a logical move to do it an exemption so that it's not a taxable event. If you if you buy a two dollar donut, you don't have to yeah. keep track of that to to pay whatever the gains are on whatever uh you know first in first out or first in last out accounting practice you have for your crypto like they need to that's overdue because that's just an easy one nobody you know they're they're not gonna they're not losing any money on on taxes for people that are uh 
or buying fifteen dollar launches on uh, using Bitcoin. Uh, another thing that happened. Uh, so I'm on this uh, this forum on Reddit, and I mostly read, but every once in a while I'll post something because it's a it's a financial independence retire early forum. So that's for these group of people that just don't see themselves working until they're in their mid sixties. And then, you know, just living on the 401k and, uh, and social security. So they kind of, there's this lifestyle, uh, where you, you know, you trim down your costs, uh, so that you're, you're happy with it, but you're just, you know, you're living a more basic lifestyle. Um, and then you're trying to maximize your, your earning potential and, uh, and kind of get this larger spread so that you can retire earlier by, by saving money in various ways. Most of them are index funds and dividend paying kind of simple investment strategies that are low management fees. And the goal would be to have enough so that um, you can live on like a 4% rule where you live on 4% of your, your invested assets. And the majority of that you're, you're, you're using dividends to, to fund your lifestyle. And that way, you know, you can, retire early you can choose to do a job that you really want that doesn't pay much you know if you want to be a uh, uh if you want to kind of work in a coffee shop and just chat with people instead of going and sitting in a cubicle and and uh trading stocks or being you know doing whatever kind of boring job you kind of fell into um so these are people that like kind of think outside the box and they kind of buck the system and they you know are kind of finding new ways to do things and um but they're predominantly like anti-bitcoin people and which is kind of strange but uh because it's you know these are long-term thinkers right this the most of the people that are the, the they just work and spend the money they get and then run out of money so like thank goodness the paycheck came in so they can spend more money but this fire uh, community they're you know they're much more living in the future and kind of planning for things and they can see compound growth and kind of the value in it. And, and so this person just posted something about Bitcoin. It was pro Bitcoin positive thing. And he just got pounded. Like it's a Ponzi, the same old stuff that people that, that don't do a lot of research in Bitcoin talk about. Uh, it doesn't have any intrinsic value. It's a speculative asset. You need to find a, a larger fool and uh, all the stuff that, that, has been said for a decade while Bitcoin continues to kind of churn and uh, go through these cycles of of, uh, of growth and then and then kind of where the tide comes back and it settles in at, a, at like a new floor. And I, I was on there, I was like, look guys, you've got a, you've got a plan. You, you're gonna invest in your index funds and you're gonna have your dividends, you're gonna do this. But if you have extra, why don't you throw a little bit onto an, an asset that can stimulate your portfolio, right? Like uh, I'm, back a couple of years ago, I saw a chart where someone added a 3% por- uh, 3% Bitcoin allocation to like a an all stocks portfolio, a 60-40 stock bond portfolio, like all these different, you know, uh, kind of classic portfolios. And it was just a 3% allocation, uh, dollar cost average, like nothing, nothing weird, nothing like throw all your money in it and, and it, it wasn't like pick the perfect you know time in the in the bitcoin's pricing model uh or pricing chart so that it, it helped the the growth of your portfolio better. but it was like yeah just you know just start throwing in and the returns on the the overall 
portfolio were huge because you know it's like the growth of bitcoin's price has been uh, enough to where a small allocation helps your your overall portfolio you know double digit percentage and uh, so it's just surprising like I'm, I'm just you know when you're into bitcoin and you listen to people that are pro bitcoin you kind of forget about like the mass amount of people that just don't do the research don't understand it and just you know trust the same people that they trust they trust their government right like i don't know why you know you trust them trust the media that says you know it's bitcoin's dead again uh and then it's a ponzi and i'm like man these people have spent they spent tens of hours maybe a hundred hours putting their plan together to retire early they spend 40 60 hours a week working to, to execute that plan but they won't spend like an hour or two a week to learn about bitcoin over the course of a couple months and decide if it's actually something they want to do or not so uh, it's just a, kind of a reminder like uh, there's still a long way to go still pretty early we're still you know we still know stuff that a lot of people don't know and won't know but uh but yeah it's just it's one of those things man it's like man this community is actually would make a lot more sense to be pro bitcoin just from the mentality of like not doing everything like everybody else but uh, you know i guess if you're if you're so convinced that the u.s stock market is the way to go then you need that inflationary uh, monetary policy. You know, you need everything to, to continue to, to blow up. And then you just ride that wave uh, and, and collect the dividends. So uh, I don't know. I, it was kind of one of those eye-opening things where it's like, yeah, we still got a ways to go. When you first said fire, it made me think of the fire festival. And I was like, oh, great. It's those people. <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, to your point, I think this is great that it's it's still amazing how early we still are even though it feels like we're late because we've been doing this for five plus years but there's so many people out there that have no idea and no understanding and a lot of very educated people too they're like yeah i need to look into this at some point i just don't have the time right and i don't really want to spend the time to do it and it's like well, okay you can but when we told you about this when it was three thousand dollars it went up to 60 and now got back down onto the teens and who knows where it's going to go from here right so i don't know when the right time is going to ever be it's it's consistently going to, just, going to keep going up and down up and down but it should go up into the right long term yeah yeah that, it is crazy to me that like uh, bitcoin's at at fifteen thousand, and everybody thinks it's over and i was like if you just like ignore that crazy hyperbolic ramp up period and it just went from three or four or five thousand three years ago to 15,000 now it's like that's not that's not astronomical you know appreciation it's not something that would scare people away i mean if your stocks did that it, you know if amazon did that which i'm sure it has done more than that and and, and things like that so you'd be so you'd be telling everybody like man my amazon stocks tripled in the last three years four years it's great like but when it's bitcoin tripled in the last three or four years oh man my bitcoin is down 60 percent <laughs> <laughs> it's like for over the last year and a half like you know it, it people just choose you know to talk about things the way they want to talk about them and it's it, it, i guess that'll just never change well i still think it kind of goes back to use case perspective and people have to get prepared to use it somehow and they, no one really understands how to use it and it's not very clear kind of like what we talked about is to use it now you have to keep track of what you owe on taxes for it. So until that changes, it's gonna be somewhat painful. Uh, but I do, 
there is some interesting news coming out of Cardano, and I know I'm a huge Cardano fan, but Charles Austinson has, he lives out in Montana, and he is telling people and, and kind of showing some pictures that he's about to open a, a hospital out there that will be kind of completely off the regular insurance system, maybe, so you could pay with Cardano and get all your services and everything like that out there. So it'll be interesting to see once that happens and how Cardano, Cardano payments work and where that goes. But uh, yeah, it's exciting to see a use case and something that people can utilize their crypto for in, in real life too. Yeah, I mean, that's what needs to happen, right? Because until people see it being used, they just think they're right. Like, it's just a Ponzi. It doesn't have any value. It's like, man, it does. It's just, they're just not they're all there yet. And it's not that apparent. But I mean, that's one thing that I like about what Strike's doing, where they take dollars or they take a, a currency, they flip it to Bitcoin, transfer it across, flip it back over to the, the other currency. So that's the use case, right? Being able to transfer value electronically, period, right? It doesn't matter if it, what the denomination is on either side, but like that's a settled uh, transaction in seconds. You can't do that any other way. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, the, you know, it's a Ponzi. It's a, you know, it doesn't have any intrinsic value. It's like it's the only way to do. It's the only way you can transfer value electronically, instant, like relatively instantly and pretty free. Like this is there is a there is value there. But like, yeah, you gotta you gotta wait for the entrepreneurial folks to figure out. Oh man, let's figure out how to use this. Let's build it up, and then you gotta convince people that don't use Bitcoin or crypto to to implement it into their uh, into their businesses. So yeah, man, this stuff takes time, a lot of time. So you just you gotta wait for it. Yeah, speaking of taking time, I don't know if you paid much attention to Metaverse to Meta's investment in the Metaverse. But in 2022, they lost uh, about 13.7 billion dollars <laughs> in investing into their little group. I think it's called like Reality Labs or something like that. But they've seen almost no return from it. And it, I mean, in comparison, their Q4 revenue, I think last year was just over 32 billion. So I mean, yes, it is a lot of money, but they're making a lot of money too at the same time. But Mark Zuckerberg is still as bullish as ever in the metaverse and where it's going. So he sees no reason to stop investing what they're doing and thinks that long term, that's going to be better for them. So a lot of money to be throwing into that space and not seeing any sort of return. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Especially since, I mean, I would imagine the bulk of the money is in programming. So you're just paying people to do stuff. That's paying a whole bunch of people to do a whole bunch of coding. Yeah. But uh, hey, maybe uh, Chat GPT will help cut the cost down. And they can just <laughs> ask him, ask ask it to code up uh, parts of it for them. Well, it's crazy. All the AI-based crypto coins have been taking off lately. Holy cow! So that AI theme is affecting things a lot faster than I think anybody else expected. Yeah, yeah, I, it's it's uh, it's going pretty quick. I like to use it for instead of Google for a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think, uh, and this is completely away from crypto, but Google just had a uh, faux pas on whoever their Chat GPT competitor is. It didn't go very well for them when they, I think, uh, did an initial test. So cost them a little bit of money, but uh, yeah, if uh, Google doesn't do something, Microsoft and Chat GPT could become the new search engine that everybody uses.
Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot better when you're, when you're just trying to answer a question or figure out something, you don't have to go through a bunch of websites, read a bunch of stuff, man. It just kind of gives you exactly what you need. Uh, and then if it doesn't, then you just ask it to tweak the response to give you exactly what you need. It's, uh, it's, it's, I, I think that it's, uh, it's another one of those things, man. It just got started. People are just starting to play with it, but like, you know, there's going to be a lot more to come, right? It's the same thing with Bitcoin. Same, you know, yeah, man, it's just kind of coming out. You can see where the value is. People just haven't built on top of it yet. And so like, yeah, if you could buy stock in chat GPT or AI and just in general, in like a base layer AI, heck yeah, you'd buy stock in that. I don't understand why people don't see the value in in uh, in holding on to some Bitcoin. They'd rather go spend two hundred dollars on dinner so they can flush it the next day. It doesn't make yeah. sense. Get more for us. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's end it here. So, as always, great chatting with you, Hal. And let's continue this conversation next week and see what's changed in the crypto world at that point. Sounds good, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for journeying down the crypto rabbit hole with us. If you're interested in learning more about crypto, please join our private Facebook group on Blocking Crypto. It's a small community discussing new ideas and just asking questions to learn more. Hope to interact with you there.